not wearing a badge, one demerit. Excessive talking during class or chapel, two demerits. Disrespect, five demerits. Cheating, second offense, 10 demerits. Public display of affection, first offense, five demerits. Cheating, first offense, five demerits. Well, that is our own Angie Fertile, our assistant head of upper school, listing out just a few of the demerits that you can earn at Sheridan Hills Christian School by making poor choices. Well, uh, this is clearly the episode titled The Merit of Demerits. Uh, my name is Eric Spee. I'm the head of school here, and I'm joined by the aforementioned Angie Fertil, and also by Christy Chipman, the head of our upper school. And uh, you know, I, it was wonderful. They, their first invitation to this program was to talk about discipline. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. That's what principals get into the business for. Is that correct? Is that why you got into the principal business? No, it was for math, Mr. Spee. Oh, that's that sounds even worse. I, I do need to uh, preface it by saying both of these uh, wonderful administrators are also math teachers, and myself as a history teacher, there's a little tension there. But hey, that's okay. Um, so uh, you know, let's just talk about this. Let's talk about why we do the demerits, because in some schools, some classical schools, there aren't demerits. There aren't necessarily, in every case, a a handbook that deals with every single infraction of every possible issue. Uh, we're a school of over 600 students in South Florida. So we've sort of felt like this was a necessary thing to do a full disclaimer. And this is something that, you know, Angie and I did at a previous school. And so when we came here, we thought this is a great idea. Let's keep this, uh, keep this going and tweak it a little bit. But um, just in general, uh, let's start with Christy Chipman. Like in general, why is discipline important at a school? Well, when I came to Sheridan Hills a little over 10 years ago, we didn't have the merit and demerit system. And it's not that there was no discipline on campus. There was some, but it wasn't clear cut. And uh, there were there were some struggles there with managing the classroom and, and some of the student behaviors. And ultimately, discipline is described in the Bible as an act of love. Uh, we're teaching kids, and we're shaping them. We're building godly character. And as a school, we can teach more when there is discipline in the classroom. So we are teaching students how to conduct themselves in an orderly way. Um, when there's not discipline, the ones that suffer are the students that are making good choices. They do have self-discipline. But the people around them, maybe that haven't learned that yet, it can be very distracting. And I worked at other schools, too, with different discipline systems and just seeing how parents react and students react towards the discipline system and see how important it is in school makes a difference. And for me, discipline is important at school because it promotes positive relationships with others and a positive school climate fosters academic achievement and promotes self-worth and emotional well-being for the students. Okay. And, and we'll have to get a little more details to how the demerit system accomplishes that because it might be new to some people and if they hear the demerit system they might think of some autocratic maybe british system of the past 100 years ago some prep school kind of things and and obviously there's there is some merit in thinking that way but uh or comparing that but there but there are some notable differences so uh miss fertile how does the demerit system work at our school on a day-to-day -day basis what is it how does it work so the demerit system is a clear set of expectations with clear consequences for student choices it's all about your child's choice they made the decision to to do the wrong deed or they made a decision to do the right deed 
But for the demerit system, each expectation has an assigned number of demerits. We call those um, violations infractions. It is consistent across the school, so all teachers are enforcing the same expectation. It, it completely avoids favoritism. So as you get rid of you get rid of the idea that there's oh I'm the cool teacher and I'll get you know I'll do you can do whatever you want in my class and then there's the the quote unquote bad teacher who's just doing their job right right and it's it's just clear you know we have a set of rules a set of expectations and you know we all enforce it and I make it a big deal with meeting with seventh grade students by grade students by house and just really dive into the demerit system and I give very clear examples of. What happens when you violate our rules or what happens when you violate one of the infractions and how we can talk through it with the students. And at the end of the day, we want the students to be able to advocate for themselves, talk with their teachers so that administrators, we don't always have to step in so they can build that relationship with their teachers and help them create a positive school environment and climate just for themselves as well. And there isn't there isn't just uh, two demerits. For everything, there's there's larger demerits for larger consequences. Right. So we do have it in the demerit systems in tiers. So we have one demerit, which I mentioned, not wearing the badge or not wearing a solid color belt, and that's a one demerit. No, but before we even issue demerits, we like to issue verbal warnings. You know, and the verbal warnings are for small infractions like one demerit or two demerit, and it's really mainly for the parents. So that you are aware that moving forward, if your child continues to break or violate these infractions, this is what's going to happen. Because we understand as parents that you want to be involved and know ahead of time and know first so you can deal with it before it moves forward with demerit. So if a, if a parent gets a verbal warning email, which is uh, done through our operating system, you know, the verbal warning is not a demerit. No. And that gives the ch- parent a chance to talk to the child, fix the particular issue, and then there are if they do fix this particular issue, there are no demerits issued. Is that yes. correct? Yes. And then demerits, think about the infractions as value points. There's no value point. So that's your opportunity to get with your child, talk with your child, and, of course, communicate with the, the teachers too. And we want the child to feel like they can advocate for themselves and tell you what happened so that you can communicate with the teachers as well. And so that all of us are on the same page. You know, as administrators, we see it as we work as a team. You know, there's a teacher. It starts with the students, parents, teachers, and administrators. We want to work with you. We are for your child. We are for the system. And we want to advocate that safe, positive environment for the students. And then there's two demerit infractions. Now, again, with a two demerit infraction, yes, a teacher can um, give your child verbal warning so that you are aware your child is chewing gum. Verbal warning. If it happens again, two demerits. Your child is late to class. How many times? Three unexcused tardies. And then we have the five demerits. Once your child reaches a five demerit infraction, no more verbal warning. Because those are examples like disrespect, disobedience. That is based on your child's behavior. Your child knows and is aware I misbehave. I'm the one who was disrespectful to the teacher. And it's not just teachers. It's any adults on campus, even if they're not their teacher. Because we have plenty of people here, adults, who serve your child in the cafeteria, who might be a substitute teacher, who might be a house sponsor. So we want them to understand it's not just your teachers you have to respect. You have to respect all the adults on campus, Miss Evelyn in the front office. Respect everyone, nurse core in the clinic. You know, if they're dealing with their child, talking to your child, they need to be able to communicate 
and be positive and respectful to everyone. And then there's the 10, the 10 ones, which are the giants. Yes. And we don't necessarily need to go into those specifics, but because it's on our handbook, but those are, those are the big ones. It takes a lot to get a 10. We don't just, those don't get handed out. That's a big deal. And then of course we do have to be honest. There are those, forget about demerits. There are those four or five things that if you do just go, sorry, it's going to be elimination from the school, uh, regardless of their previous system. Now, um, we do have demerits that they accumulate, so there can be suspension when they've accumulated a certain amount. But then in January, the second semester, they get unless they have a, I think well, how many do they have to have retain five? Twelve. Twelve. So if they have twelve, yeah. they, then they're fine. Otherwise, they get a clean slate in right. January. Mm-hmm. So unless they've already hit some of these big things, um, it's already something that that can be forgiven and can be moved on. Uh, so that's exciting for the, the student because we don't, you don't want them to feel the weight of this where it's just this crushing blow that they can never get out of. Um, and so obviously there are consequences like suspension and expulsion. We have not expelled hardly any students over accumulation of demerits. We, we would hope that that wouldn't happen very often. Um, you know, Christy, you've been around this since we've started this program seven, eight years ago. What are some of the pitfalls of this system? What are some things we have to do mm-hmm. as parents, as students, as teachers mm-hmm. to make sure this works? Right. Um, well, I think parents, will, this will resonate with our parents. Um, first of all, it's an email, and it's it's sometimes hard to get a tone of voice across in an email. We're always trying to, to give accurate information just so the parent can understand what happened and we can all work together on whatever's happening. But any parent that's ever received one of those emails, it comes across as, you know, behavioral notice and everybody's heart skips a beat when they see it. Um, When I would get those for one of my kids, you know, that's just your first reaction. And unfortunately, merits also come across the exact same way. So don't avoid reading those emails because it could be a merit as well. Um, So one of the things that I think can be a pitfall is if a student doesn't understand the purpose behind it and they're young, they're immature, um, they're not done growing up yet. And it's easy for them to take it personally. And in their mind, think whoever gave them that demerit just doesn't like them, uh, that we're out to get them. Um, and that's, that's typical of a young person. And we do try to educate our, our teachers that understand that that's their perspective and come across in a loving way in your correction or in your discipline you still need to show that student love and make sure that they understand you love them and that you're there to forgive them. And tomorrow's a new day. Um, you know, so we're really after their heart, not just behavioral correction. We're trying to develop, um, godly character in our students. Um, and it's important also to know that we don't love the rules. I know it can seem that way sometimes because we are very consistent, but ultimately we love the students and, the rules are there, um, you know, for that discipline purpose that we've been talking about. But we do understand that there are some unusual circumstances sometimes going on with a student. And one of the pitfalls is if you just launch into discipline without doing some background work, which is something Ms. Fertile and I always do to get to the bottom of what's happening. Um, because sometimes there's something going on with a student. And so there are times where the demerits are actually up an indicator that there's something going on because you could be you could have mm-hmm. a student misbehaving in Bible class and then in history class 
and in math, and if and because of the demerits, there's some and you're looking and saying this child's never had any discipline issues, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're getting demerits from three different teachers at mm-hmm. at the same time, and perhaps the teacher doesn't notice it because it's isolated to their class. But here, you yeah. as an administrator gets to see it and say, "Wow." we got to pull this child in. There's This is bigger than any discipline issue. Right. What is going on in this child's heart or their life? What What's the problem? Right. And so that becomes an opportunity to minister to the student and to the family. There are times, for instance, if a student is sleeping in class, maybe somebody at home was sick. Maybe they were in the hospital because a parent was sick all weekend. And those are the types of things that we we look for and our teachers look for before jumping to a demerit. But that's also a good thing for parents to communicate to us if they know something is going on or something is off. And we really appreciate it when parents communicate that with us. They might email and say, you know what, we lost this loved one and my child's taking it very hard. Could you please, you know, give them some some space, you know, over the next few days? And you know, we let the teachers know, like if this student is not themselves, you know, give them space. Um, you know, they're going through a hard time. And um, so you really have to look at the whole picture of, a, of what's going on with the student. Well, and, and that's, that's the system working well, what you're describing, because it's about the heart of the child. It's about bringing biblical mm-hmm. understanding to each child's rebellion. As we as adults have, are still in a state of rebellion, Um, We do know that we have to be careful because if it just becomes about the rules, it becomes legalism. Mm -hmm. And then then nothing is getting accomplished. Maybe we have a very strict campus. Uh, The goal is not a strict campus. The the goal are students whose hearts are changed for Christ and they can perceive their own choices and uh, to lead to possibly negative consequences, not for their condemnation, but for their growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's it's a fine line, and, and and a lot of times the relationship between the teacher and the student, I think, is is essential to mm-hmm. making that work. Um, so w- we mentioned some of these positives of the demerit system. What are some other great things, Angie, that that you have? You know, why we've chosen this system over something else? So it makes me think of Galatians five twenty two when it talks about the fruit of the spirit, and one of them being self control. And with the demerit system, it does help the students have self-control. You know, it's all about their choices. You know, and when we talk to our students, we want to know why did you think it was okay to be disrespectful or be disobedient in class? And we help them think through their decisions and how they can have self-control in the future. And we've had so many success stories where students ended up getting five demerits. And like Mr. Spee said earlier, second semester, they reset back at zero because now they understand what they did wrong and how they can avoid mm-hmm. it for the future. So it's all about self-control. And of course, there's other fruit of the spirit, but that's one I can think of uh, in some of the success we've seen with our students. Mm-hmm. I agree with Ms. Fertile. We see that a lot. And sometimes even with the some of the bigger demerit issues that we come across, it actually turns out to be something really positive in the student's life. And we like to point out to them that the Bible tells us that when we do get caught doing something wrong. And sometimes it's some of the bigger things that are wrong. That is actually God's love for us because that gives us an opportunity to repent. And that gives us an opportunity to learn from that mistake and move on because we know when we've done something wrong, but when we don't get caught and we never confess it, that actually ends up building up inside and really weighs you down. And and we do see that we see, you know, the students being able to come in and confess and repent and learn from it. And they walk away with joy, with peace, and they learn from that situation. So instead of feeling 
crushed and embarrassed because they got in trouble, they realized that that was an opportunity for them to, to grow and to learn. Um, and so that's, that's one of our, our favorite things to see come out of discipline. Yeah. I've loved it as well. I, I think of, uh, of, of the coaching aspect, which you brought up, just we're, we're here to coach them through their poor choices, give them coping mechanisms, teach them self-control, which is hard enough for anyone, but a 14 year old boy has a lot of challenges and, and he's not going to learn if we don't help in the, in, of course, in partnership with the parents. Um, these are, and, and I think part of this is keeping in mind that these are unfinished children. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not getting perfect people. Perfect mm-hmm. people don't exist, but sometimes teachers, administrators, it's, it's, and I've been there, we can be in awe of the seeking for the perfect child when in fact we're not, we're there to develop them. And then when there are challenges because we are dealing with their choices, it's not about you don't like me or you like me. I mean, I've had to give no names, but I've had to give demerits to kids that I absolutely love. And mm-hmm. they say, well, Mr. Spee, I thought, I thought you liked me. I do love you. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm going to follow the rule book, but this is not about the rule book. This is about this is going to get you in the room and your parents in the room. And we're mm-hmm. going to talk about this. We're going to pray about this. And we're going to work about this. We work on this. If we have to go to your pastor, we'll do that too. So um, there, and, and I, of course, in their immaturity, as you mentioned, they can sometimes think you don't like me, but in this, this is the best system that I have ever seen in limiting the idea of favoritism mm-hmm. because in a lot of schools, favoritism is, is, such a, it's almost the goal of certain students. I'm going to become the principal's favorite so I can get away with things. And we just don't want to have that here. We yeah. want, we want, and, and I can speak, you know, my kids have been, I've gotten, I've received those emails as well mm-hmm. from my, you know, my children. And I think that's good. That's healthy mm-hmm. that, that there's no favoritism in that way. Um, real quick, we've talked about demerits. So, uh, Angie, what about merits? What are merits? So I explained that demerits are points given for f- poor choices and it's a list of infractions. Merits are points giving for good deeds, exceptional behavior, and godly character. And with merits, we don't have a list because we don't want the kids to read our list and check off, well, I did this and I did that. We want it to come natural. Just like you know, make, them making poor choices is a heart level, we want them making the great choices a heart level too. So we don't have a list. And the maximum number of merits a student can earn, and it is the students are earning based on their good deeds, um, are two, demerit, two merits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's uh, something I've heard in lower school in the past. It's about being caught being good, meaning it wasn't organized, it can't be faked, but you catch that student in a moment that is maybe a bit surprising for them, mm-hmm. um, and they are shining, they're helping somebody with carrying something or helping a teacher who, who desperately needs help in that moment, and so it's a wonderful thing, but one of my most common questions is why merits don't cancel out demerits, Chrissy? Yeah, so this makes me think of the gospel, right? Our, our good deeds don't outweigh our bad deeds. And 99% of religion, that's what they think, you know, that their, their good deeds have to outweigh their bad deeds and you're somehow trying to earn your way into heaven. And there's a lot of ways we unintentionally reinforce that. With, with kids. And so we want to be careful not to do that with the merit system. Um, we're teaching them that we do good because God first has done good to us. The, the love, the grace, the mercy that Christ has poured out on us. Um, we can't do enough good to get to heaven, right? So there's a relief in that, but 
that also sets us free to do good for the right reasons. Um, because there's a lot of people that do good things or the right thing, but it's for a selfish reason. And so we want to reward students for, for doing good things when we see that it's coming out of that overflow of, of their heart, not because they're trying to earn some kind of, you know, points in the eyes of, of a teacher or to try and, you know, outweigh something that they've, they've previously done, you know, so we want to be careful not to set it up that way. Well, and they receive grace in January when they're wiped out or in the next school year. They don't carry mm-hmm. over to the next school year. But in rare exception, uh, it does not carry over. So it's a it's a clean slate. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the mercies are new every morning and yeah. and we move on. So it's a it's a, it's a positive thing, I think. And the merits do give some encouragement. And a lot of times the students get recognized doing merits that normally uh, maybe wouldn't gain that kind of attention. And that's good for them. Chrissy, how are majoring on the minors a good thing for general discipline? Yeah, I think that's been one of the big takeaways for me, you know, when Ms. Fertile came in with leading up the merit and demerit system, she was really good at majoring in the minors. And it, it's easy as a teacher or as a school to let the small things slip by. Um, but when I look at parenting, you know, I've got two adult children um, you definitely want to major in the minors with your small children. And the example I thought of is I would always prep my kids when we go somewhere, don't touch anything, right? If you can master that small minor <laughs> detail, you're going to avoid them breaking things. Like it, 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 it sets the stage for um, better, better outcomes, right? You're avoiding bigger issues by majoring in the small things. So, you know, it's preventative, you know, so at a school where you've, you're majoring on the small things, if we can do that well, we're really setting the students up for success and avoiding bigger issues. And that's why we do a lot of what we do as far as dress code and, you know, students not being allowed to touch each other, things like that. We're setting them up to be safe and healthy and to avoid any, any issues. Yeah, if we're setting, if we're putting our eyes only on the big issues, um, it's almost like with discipline, whatever your target is, the students will find a way to sin one degree higher. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're majoring on the minors and they're only going one degree higher mm-hmm. uh, most of the time, uh, of course, there's always exceptions, um, then then we're in a pretty good place. And that's 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 pretty healthy. So, But I can see why parents and students would understandably think, why do you guys care so much about these details? Mm-hmm. But there are positive consequences. I'd much rather be arguing about dress code issues than major major sins right. that can impact someone's life for the re- you know forever right uh, it's a it's a much bigger deal and then you know as we're coming to an end here how can parents partner with the school through this discipline system what are some ways they can equip themselves to, to succeed inside a demerit system the best case scenarios that i have seen is when a parent comes in understanding that We've already looked into the, the situation. We don't on the fly make on the fly decisions. We always look into it, ask a lot of questions. And when we have parents that come in and see us as being on their side and on the same team, that is always leads to the best outcomes. The, the student understands that mom and dad are on the same page with the school. They learn from it and they still have that strong relationship with their teachers and with the school and they move on. 
you know, it's, it's a little harder if a parent, and, and I know this is our instinct and we've all fallen short in this way, um, but sometimes our instinct is to defend our child or to believe their version of things, um, but their perspective isn't always accurate. And to help them see things clearly um, is really helpful. And what happens is they just see the school as, or their teacher as the enemy. Um, and it kind of burns a bridge between the student and the teacher where, where we want to build a bridge. Um, and, and really we're trying to um, train kids that can go through life and life is hard. And we don't want to try and create this stress-free, problem-free, conflict-free life for our kids because that's just not reality. And we want them to be able to function outside of school. And so they're learning how to deal with you know, real day-to-day choices and consequences that is going to help them as adults in life and in work. Ms. Vertil, do you have anything to add? Yes, and as parents, you can partner with the school and administration and your teachers by knowing the rule book. You know, I make it a big deal about meeting with students and telling them the infractions and how they can violate it. And I, I go as far as giving them examples of the good deeds and the poor choices they make and how they can avoid it. And of course, as a parent, be concerned with your your child's heart. Because for us, you know, once a student reaches 16 demerits, it's time for us to meet as a team, parents, administrators, student, and we wanna know what can we do to help your child succeed and not get expelled. And we call that a behavior plan. And for us, it's not about how many demerits is your child away from being expelled. It's all about what is happening where you continue to make poor choices and how we can avoid it so you can move forward and come back next school year. So as a parent, you can go home and talk to your child about their hard choices and what they're going through. And sometimes it is something they're going through that they probably can't communicate with you. And we are meeting with them, too, to figure out what we can do. We pray for them. We pray with them. And we mentor them and tell them, you know, at the end of the day, God is in control. And we want to know if you know that. And it's a beautiful thing when we see your child growing in God and growing in life choices. Like Mr. Chipman said, life is hard. And they move forward. And it's not too hard because they know that God is with them. And they know they were mentored the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all a hard issue. And, and you mentioned it. Parents, and this is subjects for future podcasts, but their your child is not your trophy. Um, they are a flawed human being, and that's okay because mm-hmm. so am I. So are my children, uh, and and that's okay. We're gonna work through it, and we got with God's grace and God's help, mm-hmm. we'll get through it together. And it's really about the heart. When a child has ten demerits, and they did, they have five two demerits that led to ten. At some point. Yeah, not having your shirt tucked in constantly, even after verbal warnings and you get demerits over and over and over again, that starts to become defiance. Mm-hmm. You could have the occasional child who just has an actual issue where they just can't remember to do that. That There is very rare instances of that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's about the heart. Is the heart being defiant? Is it being difficult? And, and if it's with us, okay, let's talk about it because ultimately the rules are less important as where's your heart with the Lord? Mm -hmm. Because the Lord's calling us to act a certain way in our lives Mm -hmm. through his word. How are we doing and where's our heart for that? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do want to thank uh, Christy Chipman, Angie Fertile for joining us today. This is not an easy topic. Nobody thinks discipline is fun and they don't really go over this in principal training school. (laughs) I can tell you that, Um, but it is an essential one and it's the backbone of, of a successful school. So, 
Uh, I do want to thank our guests. And um, once again, thank you, our listeners. And until next time, seek what is good, true, and beautiful. Thank you for joining us. The opinions expressed on this program are that of the hosts and the guests. The podcast is produced by Alex Halpert. Sheridan Hills Christian School is a ministry of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church.